The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by Unity.org. Discover the transformative power of inner voice, a tarot deck of affirmations. Explore your true self, seek guidance, and find empowerment through ancient wisdom and modern insight. To learn more, visit go.unity.org forward slash tarot. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister. Christ Universal Temple was founded in 1956 by the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman as a ministry designed to teach people how to live better lives. If you're in the Chicagoland area, we would love to have you stop by and join us for our Sunday service, 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time, or join us for our live stream of our uh, Sunday service at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. So today we're we're continuing the series called Lessons in Truth, which is based on H. Emily Cady's classic book Lessons in Truth, and we have been covering the book chapter by chapter, and today we're covering the chapter on affirmations, which is chapter five. Now, this is a very important chapter because it kind of wraps up the process of the mental techniques that she covers in chapter four, which is uh, the chapter on denials, and this week the chapter on affirmations, because between the use of denials and affirmations, we learn how to discipline the thinking, which is very important. We learn how to discipline our thinking. So I'm reading from the Unity Classic Library series. I don't know if your page has the exact same page as mine, but I'm reading from page, starting on page 60. On page 59, she kind of gives an overview about, you know, us hungering for, uh, you know, transformation in our lives. So she states on page 60 that the hunger that we feel is but the prompting of the divine within us which longs with an infinite longing to fill us. It is but one side of the law of demand and supply, the other side of which is unchangeable, unfailing, the promise. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours, which is from Mark eleven twenty four. Then she says, the supply is always equal to the demand, but there must first be a demand before supply is of use. So let's just stop there. Before we start actually getting into affirmations and et cetera, she kind of gives an overview of why we do affirmations. So she states that the reason why we have the desire to bring greater good into our lives is because the infinite spirit, the divine within us, the presence of God within us, our Christ nature, whatever term you want to use, is seeking to fulfill itself through us. In other words, it's our true nature and it's seeking to come into greater expression. But that's only one side of it. To actually have 
the supply, we have to have a demand. So this is one of the first keys that H. Emily Cady gives in the, the book. Demand, supply, not supply, demand. The affirmation is the claiming. It is the saying, yes, is it is to a certain extent the demand, not demand like you show up and somebody give me my stuff, but the demand like walking on the elevator and pressing the button to the floor you want to go to. The elevator has all the power in the world to take you to the floor, but until you press the button, the power stays dormant. It'll just stay where it's at unless it's prompted by someone else pressing a button on another floor, which makes the elevator move. If there's no prompting, no demand, nothing happens, even though the power is there to make it happen. And that's you have to be clear on that. You know, sometimes when we start working with a lot of this spiritual, um, these spiritual philosophies, uh, we tend to forget that we have to place a demand. And that has always been the case. All through the biblical tradition, all through traditions of other faiths. Now, if you're in a space where you can just be still and know and you go right there and you go to the mountaintop immediately to God be the glory for the things he has done, as the song would say. But most of us are dealing with a different consciousness and we're dealing with the consciousness from the standpoint that states that we're working and building and developing our thinking and feeling to accept the good that God has already prepared for us. And because of that, we are walking in a different consciousness. Now, let me just state this. If we want our lives to change, we have to be able to proclaim it. And this is where affirmations come into play. Now, before I go back to H. Emily Cady, I want to read this definition of affirmations by Charles Fillmore. Actually, it is the term um, affirm, then affirmation. So affirm, he holds, he says, to hold steadfast in mind or to speak aloud a statement of truth. So we're affirming when we hold something steadfast in mind and we're affirming when we speak aloud, and I would say even silently, a statement of truth. Affirmation, he says, a positive statement of truth. By the use of affirmations, we claim and appropriate that which is ours in truth. I'll come right back to that again. So what is an affirmation? A positive statement of truth. You stop right there. So we're not telling you to, to affirm uh, crazy negativity. We're saying as we teach it, an affirmation is a positive statement of truth. But Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, by the use of affirmations, we claim. By the use of affirmations, we demand. By the use of affirmation, we formate. He says, he says, we claim and appropriate that which is ours in truth. In other words, it's already mine in potential. It's already mine in possibility. Remember Jesus said with God, all things are possible, okay? So we have to make sure that we are working with that. Now, then Fillmore has a definition called affirmation, act of, and he states the yes action of the mind. Now, so if we look at it from that standpoint, if God's good is already here, we have to say yes to it. We have to say yes to the good, I have to say yes to my good. My good can be present, but I have to say yes to it. All right. If your phone, you know, when your phone is ringing, when you click the button to answer it, you're saying yes to the call. When you don't, you're declining the call. So it goes on to say the mental movement that asserts confidently and persistently the truth of being in the face of all appearances to the contrary. So part of what an affirmation does is it states the truth about God, even when the appearances, meaning facts, meaning what's going on in the, uh, at the human level of life, is saying something else is going on. So when you affirm, 
you are stating or standing on truth. Jesus said, he who hears my, hears my words and does them is like a man who built his house on a rock. And when the winds came and the storms came and beat on that house, it did not fall because it was built on a rock. Now, how do you build a rock? You, you have to strongly have this in consciousness firmly a firm steadfast mind on truth all right one more definition from Fillmore then I'm going back to the lessons of truth this is affirmations purpose of on page 11 of the revealing word he states to establish in consciousness a broad understanding of the divine principles on which all life and existence depend by affirming truth, we are lifted out of false thinking into the consciousness of spirit. So when you affirm, you're broadening your understanding of the principles of truth. By affirming, you lift yourself up out of the false thinking. And when you have a shift in consciousness, you have a shift in experience. So when you lift yourself out of false thinking, you also lift yourself out of false appearances. So as we go back to the book now, page 60, H.M. Likady states that to affirm anything is to assert positively that it is so even in the face of all contrary evidence. So you're affirming health even when your body is in pain or not expressing the way you would like it to, where the doctors are saying what it is and what it's not, you can still affirm, I am the life and wholeness of God, contrary to the appearances and all the evidence. You can still say God is the source of my supply. I'm a rich child of God, even when there's no money in your wallet, purse, or bank account. Now, facts are facts, but until the mind changes sufficiently, nothing changes. So a new thought student has to focus on what do we do, what do I do now? We work with our minds first, and then we go from there. Hopefully that makes sense. Now, it goes on to say, this on page 61 she says in some way which is not easy to put into words for spiritual laws cannot always be compassed in words and yet there are none the less infallible immutable laws that work with precision and certainty there is a power in our word of faith to bring all good things right into our everyday life so she's saying, I don't know how to always explain this, but there's a power in our word of faith to demonstrate good in our lives. She goes on to say, we speak the word, we confidently affirm, but we have nothing to do with the establishing of the word or bringing it to pass. I like to state it this way. God gives the idea I accept the idea God grows the idea I then have to accept what has been manifested or grown in my life or put it this way if God gives me the uh, say you're a farmer someone gives you a seed your job is to plant the seed your job isn't to grow the seed, but your job is to harvest the seed or the or the produce or the product. So part of it is planting. That's your job. That's my job. The growing, that's God's job. The harvesting, that's my job. That's your job. And the harvesting is accepting. So part of of planting the seed is affirming the word. So when I when I am affirming truth, I am planting seed. 
Now, God's job is to grow the seed. My job is to harvest it or accept the truth that is in the word, that's inherent in the word or inherent in the seed. Now, she goes on to say, she quotes Job, you will decide on a matter and it will be established for you. So if we decree or affirm unwaveringly, steadfastly, we hold God by his own unalterable laws to do the establishing or fulfilling. In other words, as it stated in Malachi, put me to the test and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive. Put me to the test. So when we practice truth, we are literally putting truth to the test. Now, it's a quote I read many years ago by Charles Fillmore where he stated that we don't ask you to believe anything that you can't practically demonstrate in your life. That might not be the exact quote, but that's the gist of it. In other words, we're not telling you to believe in, in, in fairy tales. We're saying put truth to the test. But it's mental, but it's a mental dynamics that need to come into play. In other words, we need to get a handle on our thinking and feeling before we can say a thing works or doesn't work. So the two of the denials and affirmations are like, denials are like the soap and water of the mind. They cleanse, release, dissolve, let go of stuff. Affirmations hold on, make firm in mind what the truth already is in God. You don't have to make up truth. Truth is. Affirmations align the thinking with what is already true in God. Hopefully that makes sense. So as we go forward working with affirmations, we have to realize that we're actually learning a discipline of the mind. Denials and affirmations are spiritual discipline, our spiritual disciplines, excuse me. And because they're spiritual disciplines, as we practice them, we learn how to get a handle or gain control of our own consciousness, of our own thinking and feeling. So before we go into the next part of this after the uh, this first break, I want to remind you that Unity Online Radio is supported by your love offerings, your donations, your gifts. And I want to extend the invitation for you to give and support this ministry as you have freely received please freely give so this message can continue to spread across the world because there's somebody somewhere who does not have access to what you might have access to maybe locally and this is the only way they might uh be able to be in contact especially if they're living in uh, different countries or in areas of the United States that might not have any new thought churches around them or what they would might call empowerment centers. So we want to make sure that people have access to this type of information. Make sure you click on the donate button on the website and support this show and others like it, because I believe that we're making a difference in the world because the we're planting seed as well. This ministry is a seed just like all the ministries that are connected to Unity Online Radio. And we want to make sure that we give people the best opportunity to win. Also, I would like to hear from you. So you can please, if you want, please give me a call. 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. If you have any questions or comments on, uh, about what I'm cover- covering today, um, you know, I would like to hear from you. Don't think alone at home when you have the opportunity to just call me. You can also check out my Facebook page at Truth Transforms at, excuse me, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you go on Facebook and like it and let people know about it. We're going to take a quick, quick break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. 
If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We have a caller online, uh, Yawande from New Jersey. Hi, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reverend Galen. Uh, great, great. Really um, great. You have a couple of questions. Please um, ask them so we can, um, I can uh, hopefully give an answer and hopefully help the other people that are listening as well. As I'm uh, working with affirmations and studying the affirmations, I've noticed that a lot of my prayer time in life seems to be in the form of affirmations. So I'm trying to figure out, is there a difference between the two? Well, affirmations really um, are a form of prayer. As a matter of fact, in New okay. Thought, um, sometimes we use the term spiritual mind treatment, sometimes affirmative mm-hmm. prayer. In other words, mm-hmm. praying from the state of what is. Uh, it's not the totality of prayer because prayer is really communion with God. Now, how that shows up can be denials. It could be affirmations. It could be uh, meditation where you're just contemplating and concentrating on an idea. It can be really deep silence where you're going into that inner secret place of the most high within the soul, which we're going to talk about when we get there in lessons and truth. So prayer is not one thing. One of the, mm-hmm. the gifts that New Thought in my opinion, gave to the religious community uh, in a in a in a structured way was the use of affirmative prayer instead of you know begging and pleading God, et cetera, and and you know all that stuff that many people were taught to do throughout the years, and many still do. We teach people that the prayer is aligning yourself with what is already true. So affirmations have a tendency to be utilized a lot because we're telling people to speak in the present, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that the words that leave forth out of your mouth should not return unto you void, like it's stated in Isaiah chapter 55. So, mm-hmm. so affirmations are just a form of prayer, but they're not the whole shebang, but it is a highly effective way to pray mm-hmm. with one caveat. You have to have feeling. It can't be, in which I'm going to talk about shortly, it can't be just, you know, I'm one with God, I'm one with all people, you know, dead, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, the, the scripture says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. If there's no feeling with it, if there's no c- conviction with it, it doesn't have any power because what we're trying to really do is align our minds with, with the truth that already is. So hopefully that that answers your question. Uh, what's your second yes, question? And my second question, uh, just before the break, you mentioned something about denials, but I've been trying to get a clearer handle on that because a lot of people write and talk about affirmations, but I, I guess it's only in uh, this new thought that I've been dealing with that I've come across this concept of denials. I'm just trying to, I know I can, I need to work with some denials. I know I have some places that I, I need to clean out, so. Well, well, you know what, denials is an excellent, clean out is an excellent way of stating that. Um, it depends on the new thought writers. Some writers didn't mm-hmm. really believe in using denials. Uh, denials and affirmations were strongly emphasized in the unity brand of new thought. Not so much in um, Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes, which is the other most popular version of, mm-hmm. of New Thought. He Holmes wasn't a big fan of denials. Uh, the the denials, from the standpoint of understanding why they're used, it's like the soap and water of the mind. We have some erroneous beliefs in consciousness that have to be dealt with to create the space to mm-hmm. accept the truth. Now, you can't, you know, okay. sometimes we're trying to build new thoughts on top of error, and we haven't let go of the mm-hmm. error thought. So some mm-hmm. thoughts have to be challenged. Now, one of the ways, it's ways to do that. Denials is one way. Forgiveness is another way. But one way or another, the liquid plumber of the soul has to happen, where that stuff that's clogging up the, the pipeline of blessings gets moved out of the way. Denials is an excellent way of doing that. You know, it's it's your ability to say no as well. Jesus said, let your speech be yay, yay, or no, uh, nay, nay, yes, yes, or no, no. Well, yes, yes is affirmation. No, no is denial. So mm-hmm. so part of den- learning about denials is uh, learning quickly to ca- call your mind back to truth by denying that something that is showing up has power over you. Denying is not saying or denying a fact. Denials deal with the belief that this experience has any power over you because God is the one power. Now, the last show was on denials. Okay. The whole show. So I would suggest listening to that. And if you don't have the book Lessons in Truth, I would strongly suggest you get it and uh, work with it because it has four basic denials or four basic affirmations as well. So hopefully um, those answers are... uh, Though my well, the answers I gave or what came up are sufficient for your questions. Oh, they were great. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I believe okay. we have a thank you and God bless you. I believe we have another caller online, uh, Reverend Bobby. Yes. Good morning, Reverend Galen. Hey there, buddy. How's it going? All is well. Listen, in dealing with affirmations and being new to affirmations and denials, uh, every once in a while, as one speaks an affirmation, they sometimes speak it from the perspective of, like, trying to make something come true, like this is almost a wish, instead of the perspective of what I am speaking is the already the established truth. And, and what I'd like for you to do is speak on that uh, for a minute, because that perspective um, really determines how quickly or how um, effectively you can bring forth that which you desire in your life. All right, great. All right, thank you. Uh, basically, you know, I tell people, you know, truth isn't magic. You know, it's like, okay, you have a fanciful, wishful thought that you say, and you say it one or two times, and all of a sudden, you know, the Mercedes Benz, you know, you walk outside and it's on your, in your driveway. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. The issue comes into play is with, with, with affirmations is uh, it establishes in your mind what is already true in God. Now, now, what is already true in God is if God is omnipresence, all the presence there is, and God is omnipotence, all the power there is, and God is omniscience, all the wisdom or intelligence there is, then that which is needed is already there. But but it's in the form of possibility and potential. So what affirmation mm-hmm. does is it, it claims and appropriates what is true 
in potential and, and helps form it and bring it into manifestation. But it's not creating something out of nothing. It is, it is, it is, as I would state, uh, if God is no thing, not nothing, but no thing, God then becomes, quote unquote, something by your, the power of consciousness. In other words, it shows up, the substance of God shows up in form. Let's yeah. talk about our spiritual mother, because she gave, in my opinion, one of the greatest examples of how this works. She would say, the substance of God is like a great big, uh, is like a cookie dough. And your mind is like a cookie cutter. And with the images and your feeling and your words, you're cutting out of the formless and creating a form. So somebody yeah. else might cut it out as health. Somebody else might cut it out as peace. Somebody else might cut it out as home or car or new job or business. But really what's actually going on is is the by affirming the truth, by affirming the truth in a situation and circumstance, uh, to, to quote Paul, we're calling forth those things that be not as though they were. Mm-hmm. In other words, it might not be factual, but it's true. And if it's yeah. true in God, it can manifest in anybody's experience. So, But we have to have the discipline in mind to be able to actually see good. So what the affirmations do, it actually conditions the mind to see good. Just like denials condition the mind not to put power in appearances. But we have, but sooner or later, we have to be able to say yes to it. See, if, if, I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. I used the example of the elevator. The, right. If you walk on the elevator, it has the power to take you to whatever floor you want. But until a demand is placed on the power, it just stays there dormant. Well, affirmations right. is you an affirmation is you getting on the elevator and saying, I want to go to floor 29. And then the power activates and takes you to floor 29, where we live in a, in a universe of infinite supply, peace, love, joy, and abundance. But until we place a demand on the universe, it's just there dormant as possibility and potential. So the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about affirmations is when we align ourselves with the truth of, of God and what's already establishing God is my good with my name on it, then when I place my demand, it moves into action to fulfill itself through me. Hopefully that. Thank That's a, yeah, that was a real nice explanation. Thank you so very much. And no problem. I'm going to listen to the rest of the show. Be at peace, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. And of course, now I'm going to go back and listen to this and use that again. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you are a rascal. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, one of the things that um, I'm trying to get across with this affirmation thing is when we speak the word, when we're working with it, we are actually creating a new way of thinking. And that's highly important. Now, she states on page 62, the saying over and over of any denial or affirmation is a necessary self-training of a mind that has lived so long in error and false beliefs that it needs constant repetition of truth to unclothe it and clothe it anew. So in other words, you've been thinking your own way for a long time. Doing things that you like to do, thing, doing things that you don't like to do, doing some things that you don't want to do anymore. But the body, the mind and body has been conditioned to a certain way of doing things. The body is conditioned because the, this is what your mind has been doing. So when you start creating new habits, you're going to have some kickback. Let's, let's take the physical body for an example. If you've been eating a certain way for a long time, like, say, for instance, um, I know someone who or uh, a friend of mine who doesn't eat sugar, you know, like, you know, like he won't even drink Gatorade without watering it down because he says Gatorade is too sweet. And I'm looking dumbfounded when he says that. But if a person who's used to consuming sugar and salt and a whole bunch of stuff in their diet all of a sudden says no more sugar, no more salt, the body will start to crave what is missing because it's used to it. Well, until the body is disciplined enough to be able to go forward without it, it'll kick up some commotion. Well, the mind 
that is used to thinking a certain way, doing certain things a certain way, holding certain beliefs, uh, behaving and speaking, interacting with yourself and others in a certain way, perceiving life a certain way, having life occur to you a certain way. When the you start to say to yourself, I'm going to think another way. I'm going to start looking at life differently. I'm going to handle situations differently. Best believe your mind will start to kick and buck like an untrained horse that, that you run up on in the forest and you try to jump on it and and, uh, and grab it by uh, its mane and try to tame it. No, it's going to kick. It's going to buck. It's going to try to knock you off of it because it's not used to being disciplined. It's wild. Well, let me just say, for many people, their minds are wild. Their emotions are wild. Now, you might say, well, you know, I have a good job and I have a you know, successful career or business person. And, you know, I'm responsible for people. I have education. I have all of that. I'm not talking about that type of discipline. I'm talking about the discipline that allows your emotions to go off where you don't want to go. I'm talking about the discipline that that allows situations and circumstances to stop you cold when you know that you want to do something different. You know, um, uh, Zig Ziglar had a very powerful statement um, years ago. He said, when obstacles arise, you change your direction to reach your goal. goal. You do not change your decision to get there. I'm going to read that again. When obstacles arise, you change your direction to reach your goal. You do not change your decision to get there. So what ends up happening is we have to learn how to discipline the mind to get what we want. So it's not just saying, okay, two denials and three affirmations and all of a sudden my life is transformed forever. No, you don't brush your teeth just one time. You don't take one shower, one bath. You don't wash your clothes one time for all time. No. It's work. It's work. We are conditioning and creating a new habit. But see, but this is how it works. Once it kicks in a certain way, every time you do it, it gets easier to do it. It's like riding a bike. It's like learning how to drive a car. It's like learning many of the things that you do. Uh, you know, when when smartphones f- first came out, and I would see people who have phones and didn't know how to do anything on the phone. They just wanted a smartphone. But as they become more and more um, available for folks, you find the folks who didn't believe in emailing and texting and and all the other things that go on with the apps are doing all this stuff more than some people who were some of the first people who got them. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that, saying this for one basic and definite reason. To accept the good that God has already established for you, to be the space of wholeness and peace and love, to live a life where you are making a difference for yourself and others requires that your mind does not pull you away into nonsense that distracts you, that the mind is disciplined to see truth when the appearances AKA the evidence is telling you something else. You have to be firm in truth because I stated it before on this show and I'll state it again. The primary purpose of being here for each one of us is to express the wholeness of God or to get real plain with it. Be the Christ in your life, be the Christ in your life. Can you be the Christ in your own life? Why is that important? Because when you learn how to be the Christ in your own life, then the transformation of being the presence and power of God manifest in your own experience shows up. You know, in other words, When you really realize who you are, when I really realize who I am, when we really realize who we are, the things that distract us, sidetrack us, and throw us off will not do it, will not happen anymore. Can't. Because you realize that regardless of what you're dealing with, it's not a power. 
and you can always affirm your good and you can always bring in the manifestation that what you desire. Now, let me be clear. The higher you are in consciousness, the quicker your demonstration. So if, if, if you're at a base level and you're trying to, okay, I'm going to manifest this $5 billion out of nothingness, you got to have the consciousness for that. So we're going to take a quick break, another quick break, our last break, and we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Who are we? Who is God? And what is our life's purpose? Author and minister Ogan Holder found his answers the hard way through inner turmoil and doubt. With candor and humor, he shares why it's good to doubt, even if you're a minister, in Rants to Revelations, new from Unity Books. Simply put, to doubt myself is to doubt God. If I embrace God as the very operating principles of the universe, the connecting space between us, the fabric of existence, and that I am the physical embodiment of all that, then how could there be room for doubt in myself? My salvation lies in the following premise. Doubt is the beginning of faith. Read more from Rants to Revelations and order your copy today. Visit RantsToRevs.com. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, we're going over lessons in truth by H.M. Likady, and I'm teaching the chapter on affirmation. So I'm going to go into the first uh, the four basic affirmations that she gives in Lessons in Truth. And the rest of the chapter, obviously, I would strongly suggest you read on your own. If you do not have the book Lessons in Truth by H.M. Lee Katie, I would strongly suggest that you buy it. This is one of the books that I read consistently because every time I read it, I get something new out of it. It has stood the test of time consistently for over 100 years, being a book that has been used in the New Thought Movement to help and guide people into a basic foundational understanding of truth. If you can get lessons in truth, you have a strong, strong foundation. Matter of fact, um, the the people who were uh, at Christ Universal Temple in the in the mid 1950s, when the church started in 56, many of the uh, folks that are still around from that era will proudly show their certificates where Reverend Coleman would teach lessons in truth for 30 weeks. And you could only miss two classes. And this is the way she established the consciousness for her church because she believed if you had lessons in truth, you had it. So she taught it personally. And she would teach it for 30 weeks. You could only miss it two classes and you couldn't do anything in the church. You couldn't be a board member. You couldn't be a usher. You couldn't work in the bookstore. You couldn't do anything until you had 30 weeks of lessons and truth under your belt. That's how important the book was to my spiritual mother. Now, 
Let's get into the first affirmation. The first affirmation is God is life, love, intelligence, substance, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. Now, when you when this is affirmed, she gives her own basic uh, definitions of these affirmations. I'm not using those. I'm just going to use what God has given me. When we affirm God is life, we're saying that not only is God life, but God is the life in me. So you're affirming God is life, the life that flows not just in you, but in all things that you see called life. That's the life of God expressing in different forms of manifestation. God is love. All the love that there is in the universe is God individually expressed as the love between two individuals, between the love between a parent and a child, or love between you and your pet. It's still the love of God expressing at different levels of manifestation. God is intelligence. God is all the wisdom and intelligence, knowledge, intuition, or whatever else that is needed in the universe. So we're establishing Yet again, that God is all. God is substance. God is that which stands under all visible and invisible creation. God is omnipotence, all power. God is omniscience, all wisdom. God is omnipresence, all the presence that there is. So when you're affirming this, you're actually telling yourself consistently over and over, this is the truth about God. You're firming your mind up on what is true about God. Now, all these fanciful religious beliefs that are out there floating, but what is the absolute truth about God? God is life, love, wisdom, substance, etc., etc. You can change it up, but the key is when you can't figure out anything good to say, you can still affirm God is good, God is life, God is peace, God is joy, or whatever it is, how it comes from. This is a pattern. I don't want you to think that you have to say these verbatim. It is a good practice, though, to start by doing these. When I first started the New Thought, I would take affirmations and put them on three-by-five cards, and I would say them three times a day, in the morning, in the midday, and in the evening. And these were affirmations that I took from different books and things, of speakers I heard, and some stuff I made up on my own. And that's how I work with my own consciousness. I, I would get uh, cards that had color, like, paint neon and whatever. I wanted it to really impress my subconscious mind. And I wanted to make sure oh, I would write, if it was a white card, I would write it in red and blue and black because it would contrast each other. Because, you know, after a while, things just become repetitive and you don't have any feeling with it. And I didn't want that to happen. So again, you're affirming the truth about God. The second affirmation is I am a child or a manifestation of God and every moment his life, love, wisdom, power flow in and through me. I am one with God and am governed by his law. Now, you can say it's law or whatever because she was using old male pronouns to, to speak of God. But the point of it is this. Now that you – the first affirmation you said or affirmed the truth about God. The second affirmation is affirming the truth about you in God. So if it's true about God, it's true about you, you know. If it's true about God, it's true about me. If God is life, I am life. If God is spirit, I am spirit. If God is wisdom, I am wisdom. What is true about God is true about me. She states it this way. You do not change God's attitude toward you one iota by importuning or affirming. You only change your attitude toward him. By thus affirming, you put yourself in harmony with divine law which is always working toward your good and never toward your harm or punishment so what she's saying is when you get yourself in alignment with the truth that's already within you it's already good so when you affirm you're aligning your mind you're thinking and feeling up with that which is already good and it'll show up and express as manifestations of good in your life but you have to align yourself with the truth about who you are i'm a child of manifestation of god in every moment his life love wisdom power flow in and through me and i love i am one with god and governed by his law so in other words man-made laws might try to interfere with what i have to get done but when i'm walking in alignment with truth which is love and peace and harmony not doing anything that's harming someone else I'm governed by that law because I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. Third affirmation. I am spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid for spirit is God and God cannot be sick or hurt or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now. 
Now, what this affirmation does is that, again, it further aligns you with the truth. And I love this. I am spirit, perfect, holy, and harmonious. In other words, you are calling forth those things that be not as though they were. It might not be showing up as evidence, but the, the more you shift in consciousness, the more it shows up in the outer. Remember, as within, so without. As within, so without. So when you have the consciousness for a thing, as Emmett Fox says, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So when you have the consciousness for a thing, it it has you now have the potential to produce it in your experience. It goes on to say, nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid. So, you know, we hear all this stuff about stay away from this and the bug, that, and this time of the year people get this. Nothing can make, hurt me or make me sick or afraid. You know, the uh, the government is saying this. The economy is saying that. The, you know, my family situation is this. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid. Why? For spirit is God. And God cannot be sick or hurt or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now. Now, that's something you got to work with. Even sometimes when you're taking the pill and you're on the hosp- in the hospital bed, you're still affirming. God cannot be sick or hurt or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now. What is this doing? This is taking dominion back over your body and your mind. See, because you're affirming the truth about the body. The body doesn't run you. You run it. Now, that takes time. Like I said before, it'll kick and buck like a wild horse. So eventually, as we continue to discipline the mind, we use these type of affirmations over and over again to make sure that we pull our minds back in alignment with the truth about God and the truth about ourselves. Fourth affirmation is this. God works in me to will and to do whatever he wishes me to do, and he cannot fail. I'll repeat that. God works in me to will and to do whatever he wishes me to do, and he cannot fail fail all right so when we say that god is working in me to do the work and god doesn't fail then that means that you're not putting all of the uh, the work on your at times limited thinking and ability in other words you ha- you're connected to a power that is not governed by what you know and what you can do but you got to believe that it's possible because jesus says with god all things are possible many times when people came up to to him for healing he said do you believe do you believe i can do this do you believe this is possible why because if you don't believe it keep it moving because you got to realize that that there's a power working through you that doesn't fail but you got to accept that power and you got to claim that power and you got to put demands on that power just like the elevator i want to go to floor 35 The elevator will sit there on the first floor until you press the button. Press the button. All right, so she states on page 65, commit these affirmations to memory so that you can repeat them in the silence of your own mind at any place and at any time. Strangely, they will act to deliver you out of the greatest external distresses, places where no human help avails. It is as though the moment you assert emphatically your oneness with God the Father, there is instantly set into motion all the power of omnipotent love to rush to your rescue. Mm. And when it has undertaken to work for you, you can cease from external ways and means and boldly claim it is done. I have the desires of my heart. Then she quotes Scripture where it states from Psalm 145, 16, you open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. So let's wrap this up because it's more to this chapter. But yet again, I'm not trying to read every page in the chapter to you. The point that I'm trying to make is simply this. Be in the space to know that when you affirm, you are claiming and putting a demand on the unlimited power and potential of God. When you affirm, you're not necessarily making truth. You are aligning your minds with truth. You don't have to make truth because truth is God. But you have to align yourself with it and place a demand because demand and supply is demand and supply. No, no, no demand, no supply, no seed, no harvest. 
So just be in that space. Next week, we're going to go into the spiritual gift called faith. And we're going to cover a lot of stuff with this chapter because when we work with faith, we're not talking about faith like somebody says, what is your faith? Like faith is uh, just a set of beliefs. When people say that, they're asking actually about your religion. I'm talking about faith as a spiritual gift that's taught in, in lessons and truth and taught in new thought. So we're going to work with it. So get ready to rumble. Get ready to deal with your understanding of faith. And since you know we're doing the book chapter by chapter, read the book. Be read ahead. So when I'm going over it, you can make notes on what you've already read. So we're going to wrap it up now. God bless you, and we'll be back with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting. No more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you're ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zender every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. If I were brave, I'd walk the razor's where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream?
Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.